He said, Father, it's finished. And he gave up his spirit for you and for me so that we could know what life and what love is. Father God, we thank you for this gift today. We thank you for victory today. What a gift. Thank you for your great love for us. Receive our praise today, Jesus. You are worthy of every bit of it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before you're seated this morning, give somebody a high five, a pat on the back, a hug if they'll let you, and tell them happy Father's Day. You're glad they're here. Makes my heart come alive. Suddenly brought to life when I met you. Reaching beyond the skies, running deep, stretching wide. Perfect love realized here with you.
Emily Church. How is everybody this morning? Yes, you're doing good. I got a hand clap to my left. Miss Linda always bringing the energy, bringing the funk, bringing the good times, the good vibes. It's because she's in love with Jesus. It's amazing. And her husband, Gary, obviously. He's the man. Uh, love both of them. Hey, good morning. Good morning. It's great to see everybody. My name is Andrew. Just want to welcome you to the family church. Do you have any fathers in here this morning? If you're a father, raise your hand. Let's give him a hand clap. Happy Father's Day. To the fathers, great day to be alive, good day to be a father. Hopefully you were taken care of this morning or the rest of today. I know I'm going to be eating a lot of food, so it's going to be really, really good. When don't I eat a lot of food, right? <laughs> so, But it's good to have you guys this morning. Uh, we believe here at the Family Church that uh, Jesus is number one. We're a community of believers that exist to welcome people home to God, his family, and his plans. And we're so excited that you made the decision to be here this morning. We have just a few quick announcements before we get into the word this morning. As always, if this is your first time here, we just want to say welcome. We have something for you, but before we give you something, we want you to go ahead and uh, locate this card on the back of the pew in front of you. Turn it over, fill it out, just let us get to know you a little bit better. Take this card back to the welcome center in the foyer, and we have a special gift for you. So we want to say thank you for being here, and uh, welcome to the family church. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. So we got a worship night coming up next Sunday. Is anybody excited for that? Who likes, who, who's thankful for our worship team? Yeah, I got hand claps from just the worship team. Is it just, hey, we're, yeah, we are going to have a good time. Jesus will be here next Sunday night, 6.30 to 8. A lot of you have requested this and asked for this, so it's something that we have put on the schedule, so we're going to make time for it. We'll just see what happens that night. It's going to be a good time, so if you'd like to just come and worship, uh, please, please join us for that. Two very, very special events coming up in July. So first of all, uh, every year for the past few years, we've been doing Red, White, and Boom. It is a, a fundraiser for us, so we are looking towards raising $1,000 for the fire alarm system here in the building, so... Nothing wrong with being a part of Red, White, and Boom. We definitely want to raise money. We want to get that in place. That's an important uh, commodity here for the building. So we're looking for 20 folks to work at least two hours. On is It's July 3rd, correct, Pastor Adam? July 3rd. So please see myself. Please see Pastor Adam. We'll get you hooked up. It's basically giving people drinks. Does that sound good? Non-alcoholic drinks. It's basically giving people beverages. I had to point that out because, you know, drinks. People think, yeah, you know. Okay, this is getting really awkward and weird right now. So just come down. You'll be giving people water and Pepsi and Coke and all that fun stuff, right? Yes. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure it was the good drinks. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm getting weird. It's weird this morning. It's okay. Uh, 4th of July parade, the day after. So we are uh, fresh on uh, our game, ready to go for the 4th of July parade in downtown Pickerington. So we're also looking for volunteers for that. So this is a good time to, to get out, to be a part of what we're doing as a family church. We want to raise money, yes, for our building, but also we want to be out in the community uh, sharing the love of Jesus with, with our community. There's going to be thousands of people at this parade, so we're just simply asking you to either assist with the float and or walk with us in the parade, pass out candy, uh, share a smile, share a high five with somebody. It's really a really, really fun time. We get to meet a lot of different people and just have a good time as a church family. So we want to uh, use that in preparation for our family fun night as well, uh, which we will continue to announce that and give you more information as it is available. Uh, if you are interested in volunteering for either Boom or uh, preparing the float for the parade or being in the parade, everybody say green card. Green card. 
go ahead and fill this out today because this is going to give us a good idea of what we have volunteer-wise. Um, you can put other, there's check boxes at the top, put other and then either put boom or uh, parade there. Fill that information out. That way we can kind of get a good head count and make preparations for that. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? Yes, and as always, our giving uh, is on your way out. Uh, we do believe here that giving is a part of a growing relationship with Jesus. So our tithes and our offerings, we want to make sure that we give that to God and, and trust that he's going to provide uh, for what he wants to do in this place this morning. Is anybody ready for the message? Yes. Wasn't last Sunday good? It was really good. Dads, you're going to be blessed this morning. Everybody's going to be blessed this morning because it's the word. Let's pray this morning. Father, we are so thankful for who you are in this place. God, we're thankful for everything that you want to do in our lives. So I pray, God, that we would remain uh, receptive to what it is that you want to say to us. God, we thank you that you speak to us, that you are alive, and we thank you that growth happens here. We thank you that uh, joy happens here and peace happens here. We pray for your word. We thank you that it never returns void that it is always faithful, and it, it is always true. I pray that we would uh, cling to who you are in this place this morning. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a quick video for you, and Pastor, I'll be up in a few. Ha-ha! This is Dad Life. It's how we live, 24-7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses, don't care what the masses Think about me with my sweet goatee I'm rocking my Dockers with a cuff and a crease I got that St. John's Bay and the clip for my piece I look nice, I got dozens of dollars and that's right It goes straight to my daughters and my wife I'm a miracle dad, making magic with the checkbook Is the talent I have, I roll hard in the yard with a 60 inch cut Zero turn radius, my neighbors say, what? They be driving by, peeping my landscape. Yo, these greens got nothing on my manscape. Hydrangeas, begonias, crepe myrtles, ornamental turtle. Hold up, is that a weed in my fescue? Oh, no. Round up to the rest. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Take my daughter to the party. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. It's the dad life. Shooting vids of the kids. It's the dad life. Roll up to the splash pad. 10 a.m. My whole entourage hops out the minivan. We splishy splashy for an hour or two. Then it's back to the house. Prepping for the barbecue. Brats, dogs, rackers, whatever. Get me on the Weber, man. Nobody does it better. Call me Lord of the Grill. I'm king of the coals. Nana secret recipe. You know how I roll. 1080p, 16 by 9. I'm rocking man cave status with a screen like mine. Keep your peanut butter hands off my 50 inch Vizio. Pop up the corn, roll the Disney video. We got Aladdin, Jasmine, Abu, the genie. With kids like mine, everybody wants to be me. Sing the night song and then it's off to bed. This is the dad life, no more to be said. It's the dad life, it's the dad life. Hit the mall, coaching ball. It's the dad life, it's the dad life. It's the dad life, playing rough, fixing stuff. It's the dad life, it's the dad life. It's the dad life. Yeah, you know how we do it, it's the dead life!
Oh my gosh. I got sandals like my, my sons, and so I keep catching myself running out in sandals and, and socks to the, to the mailbox now. It's, I've crossed over a very bad line. And uh, anyways, happy Father's Day. And um, man, I, I wouldn't be up here without the awesome dad I have. And, and uh, it's just good to honor the, the men and, and what they do. And, and we're going to get into that this morning. I want to start off with a story. And uh, one of the latest things I've been binging on on, uh, on, on uh, Amazon Prime is a show called All or Nothing, and they do these backgrounds of different sports teams. And don't judge me, but I watched the one about the Michigan Wolverines, that team up north. Well, it's all on last season, and it's really fun to watch them cry after losing to the Buckeyes. Um, that was mean, but true. And... But they show the, the background of these players, and, and it's really, it goes behind the scenes. They do one for the Cowboys and the Cardinals and some different teams, and, and it's just amazing to see the back, the back story to what we cheer for you know, on, on, uh, on Sundays and Saturdays and, and everything that goes into it and the people behind it. And they show this football player. They spotlight a, highlight a few of the uh, main players. And there's this uh, young guy named uh, Rashawn Gary. And uh, he's huge, uh, six foot, uh, six foot five, two hundred ninety pounds. Uh, the second best um, defensive end in the Big Ten. There's a guy with the last name Bosa ahead of him. Um, but anyways, uh, it's showing him at college, away from his mom, and she comes and, and visits him. And they go out to dinner at a Red Lobster. Seeing him cram into a booth is kind of funny too. And she says, have you called your dad? He said, no. He hadn't called me. And they have this little dialogue. And he says something pretty amazing. He says, if you don't show interest in that you want to talk to me, then why should I care? I've been feeling that way for a minute. You in my mind, he's talking to his mother, past his position. And nothing's going to change about that. Nothing's going to change about that at all. 20 years old, six foot five, 290 pounds, best player on the team, future NFL player. They're already projecting him to be the third defensive player taken. Again, probably after Nick Bosa. Keep slipping that in. Future NFL contract worth millions, and he's sitting at a table in a red lobster with his mother crying. We are in the second week of our new series called Something Strong, and we are on a journey to define true strength by looking at how men uniquely reflect the image of God in their primary relationships. Last week was brother. Today is... The Faja, the father. Next week is husband. Now, I don't want you to tune out if you're not a dad today. This affects everyone. Tell your neighbor this affects you. The world defines a man's strength by his abilities. But I'm glad that we can go directly to the source, to the one who created us. 
we should expect the Bible to sound different. That's been one of our themes in these uh, series that are kind of hinge upon each other. We should expect the Bible to sound different than the voices that we are hearing outside of His Word. Now, churches can make His voice sound the same. That's not good. His voice should sound different. So listen to this. Our key verse for the series, Genesis 1.27, So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And I know I keep saying this every Sunday in the series, but this is important that we recalibrate to God's Word, to what the Creator says and to what, how the Creator has designed us. And so what this is saying is that the image of God was placed on humanity. More specifically, on men and women. And if you haven't noticed, we're just a little bit different. We're just a lot different. So if, we're, if the image of God is on both of us, and we're both different then my argument for both of these series, the premise for both of them, is that I believe men and women uniquely reflect the character of God in different ways. The world defines strength by ability. Men are judged by what they do. And this is like the first thing that comes up in any conversation. My name's Bob. Hi, my name's Jim. What do you do, Jim? What do you do, Bob? Like, that's like what we do, okay? That's like how we get to know each other, right? That is why I opened up with a story about a great football player. Because on the surface, everything looks great. But there's a wound on the inside. He looks like a man's man. He's half my age, but I would call him sir. Right? Just one little finger. Well, not a little finger. Crazy. I mean, they show him getting new shoes from Nike, and I mean, they're like a mile long. I mean, this guy's just a monster walking around. And yet, he's sitting there with something wrong on the inside. There's a wound on the inside and a question remains unanswered. And not just any question. Author John Eldridge calls it the question. He wrote a best-selling book called Wild at Heart. In it, he writes, it's the question, the one every boy and man is longing to ask. Do I have what it takes? Am I powerful? Until a man knows he's a man, he will forever be trying to prove he is one while at the same time shrink from anything that might reveal he isn't. Most men live their lives haunted by the question or crippled by the answer that they've been given. That little paragraph is deep. That's deep waters. And he's right. I see some of you guys nodding. He's right, isn't he? (coughs) Excuse me. Girls have a similar question that needs to be answered too. Uh, Boys, am I strong enough? Girls are looking to know that they're beautiful enough. That sounds 
Sounds dumb. Both of those questions reduce down to, am I enough? We've been talking about how men and women show the character of God in similar but different ways. Dads, God designed you to answer those questions. Let me say that again. This is one of the ways that men uniquely reflect the character of God. Men were designed to answer those two questions in their kids, both men, both girls and boys. Am I enough? Who do you want to know is proud of you? Who do you really want to know is proud of you? Your parents? Is there one that has a little edge over the other one? If you grew up with both, there is. Which one is it? Crazy show that they're trying to reboot, and it's stupid but a fun waste of time is American Idol. You've got three judges out there. The years I watched mostly had Randy, Paula, and Simon. Which judge's approval did everyone really want? Why? He was honest. He was a jerk. He was tough. Was he right? Yeah, most of the time. If he just didn't like somebody, you were toast. But what about Paula? He loves everybody. See, this is the counterpart to moms being the nurturer. Because I could draw like a stick figure on a piece of cardboard and my mom would frame it and tell a museum that it belonged in there. <laughs> oh, sweetie. Oh, oh my gosh, you have the gift. <laughs> I wouldn't even show it to my dad. What's that? I may be adding some drama to the situation here. But do you see what I'm getting at? When dad actually says something's good, it's good. God has designed creation to play a great relay race through time. And one of the themes throughout the Bible is that God leads us to life. And so like men and women were designed to reproduce. It's why there's two genders. It's why there's, so there's supposed to be children after. All of creation was designed to pass a baton onto the next. So every tree is designed to spread its leaves, drop seeds, and then guess what comes out of the ground? More trees. Crazy. We've been saying that gender is not just what physically makes men and women different each other. We all know, especially if you have giant children in your house called teenagers, that a mature body is no guarantee of a mature person. So how do we reproduce mature men and women? The physical stuff will happen as long as they're fed. Proof, 
But every child is also waiting for a stamp of approval. Men, we need to feed our kids' souls also. Our words and even the absence of our words will bring life and death into the souls of our children. So we said in the last series that a mother nurtures, a father names. What do I mean by that? If you name something, you're identifying something. You're declaring what something is. You're validating what something is. You're speaking purpose into that person. You're naming who they are. You're naming what they're capable of. You're naming what they can do. You're naming who they are. But before we can truly speak life into others, so many dads are held back by their own wounds. We talked last week about how insecurity prevents friendships. I haven't come across an insecure person yet that grew up with a healthy relationship with their father. Let me say that again. It sounds like a double negative in there. I haven't come across an insecure person yet that grew up with a healthy relationship with their father. Have you? This is big stuff. Maybe you had a dad like Rashawn's who said nothing. You were ignored. Maybe you had an abusive father. Maybe you don't know your dad. As a youth pastor for 10 years, this is pretty common. Maybe you had an inconsistent father. All aces some of the time, and then who knows other times. You just kind of had this, what do I really have here? And I suppose every dad, because we're not perfect, are inconsistent to a certain degree. Maybe the distracted dad, in an effort to provide, you're just simply not available. I knew a guy whose dad was a, a truck driver. Other than his two vacations a year, two weeks, and the nights he slept at home, that's all he saw his dad. Dad loved him, paid the bills, wasn't there. All of these situations leave a young person incomplete, wounded, and insecure. Insecurity is crippling to us. Obvious in many people. And we can pick these people out sometimes. Here's the other thing. And don't be fooled by the bravado of others. A perfect image is often the efforts of someone hoping that they can convince the world of their value. So these people tend to be real intimidating to us because everything is polished. How do they get their kids to church on time? You know, how do they look that good mopping the floor? You know, how does that person do it all? Well, they're working overtime 
to sell you that image because they really don't believe in themselves. I don't want to be a poser and give the world a caricature of what a real man is. And you see these guys. Got to have the, and there's nothing wrong with giant trucks. I'm pretty convinced that you should own a pickup truck at some point in your life. But you see the guy that looks like he's going on to a movie set. Like, he's got the right leather jacket. He's got the truck that has to cost more a month than his house. Uh, everything is just, wow, you know, like, I'm, I'm in your face. I'm a man. I drip testosterone everywhere I go. Ooh. I don't want to give the world a caricature of what a real man is. I want to know who I am and live my life from a position of inner strength. When I think of a guy like Clint Eastwood, I don't picture him spending a lot of time in front of the mirror. Do you? No. I picture somebody that puts his jeans on, grabs his shirt, and walks out and says, I got this. Didn't even look in the mirror. A secure person is confident because they know who they are. And I believe that dads are designed to take the lead on this. This is how dads uniquely reflect the image of God. We are designed to name our kids and validate them by giving them identity and purpose. Listen to Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Do you hear the Father's heart in that? This is where our confidence is supposed to come from. I made you. I named you. You're mine. I will remind my kids of that every now and then. I paid the hospital a lot of money for you. My name is on the mortgage. My name is under father on your birth certificate. I made you. I paid for you. You're mine. And oh, by the way, all the stuff you think is yours is also mine. Right? Sometimes you just got to let them know. I've called you by name. You are mine. Every person growing up needs to hear those words. I choose you. You're mine. Do you remember what Adam's first job was in the Garden of Eden? What was it? Naming the animals. Get this, this is before the curse. This is before he had to work and do anything really difficult. 
In other words, this is part of his design in perfection. Listen to this, Genesis 2.19. So the Lord God formed the ground from, uh, formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. God, who made the animals, brought each of them to Adam and said to see what he would call them. Pretty cool. God designed Adam to name. This just went weird. Throughout the Bible, we see men naming their children. God wants you to know today that this isn't simply patriarchal, sexist, or sentimental garbage. This isn't just about choosing between Liam or Noah if you're having a boy, or between Emma and Olivia if you're having a girl. By the way, those are the top most popular names for both boys and girls last year. And my daughter has chosen the most popular name for a boy to name my grandson. Cool name, Liam. But should he be in class with like 20 other Liams? We're going to take him just fine. But think of the big deal when you're naming your kids and the arguments that ensue. This is about speaking identity and purpose into your kids and the people around you. It's not just coming up with something that sounds good when you scream it, which we made sure of. Benjamin Scott, Lily May, Hope Ann, I can... I usually get them all mixed up, call them the dog's name when I get really mad. You! <laughs> This is a part of what makes Jacob's story so interesting in uh, Genesis chapter 30. We've talked a lot about Jacob just because he's, the story's just crazy. Uh, his sister wives, literally, are having a baby battle. You need to read your Bible. There is some crazy stuff in the Bible. They are having a competition with who can have the most boys, either directly or through their maidservants, and you just have to read it to believe it. The ladies are naming the boys. It says it after everyone's born. It says it describes the mom naming the baby, and it had something to do with the position of the battle, like, oh, God remembered me, or something like that, or I'm better than my sister, or something like that. And all of the names were done by the ladies, and it had to do with how they felt about themselves. None of the names had to do with the kids. Read it. It's crazy. We get to Genesis 35. And it says that Rachel delivered, but she had great trouble in her delivery with the baby. And she knew that she was going to die. 
the baby is born, and she names him Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. That's not really a name I want to take through life with me. Because if you ever wondered if mom or dad was proud of you, and your name is, uh, I don't like you, um, that's bad. Son of my sorrow. Thanks, Ma. She passes away. And Jacob says, no, that's not his name. In the moment of losing the love of his life, he looks at a newborn baby boy and says his name will be Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. That's different. I could grow up with a name like that. My name means dirt man. Thanks. It literally means from the dirt because I was the first. I do like my name, but. So I named my son Benjamin mostly because my best friend who has preached here before and taught our worship team, uh, Benjamin Allen, a little bit of a tribute baby there. But what's cool is lately as my son is becoming a man-child, I've started calling him my wingman. And then I'm working on this message, and it had been a while since I remembered what Benjamin meant. Son of my right hand. He's my wingman. Is that cool? Get this. Jacob has more words for his sons near the end of his life, right before he passes away. In Genesis 49, he speaks into each of them. He basically prophesies over each of them uh, what them and their families are going to look like and do. Some of it's negative. We know our kids. We see what's going on in their hearts. We see what's going to happen. But he's speaking into them. And what I see in that is that dad's you don't get to retire from being a dad. Now it's different. You don't get to remind them that you own them anymore. I don't get to do that with Lily anymore, who's out on the West Coast and married to my awesome son-in-law, who's a Marine. But shame on me if I stop speaking into their lives. And little Liam, who's coming in about six weeks. What a joy to be able to continue to speak life into my kids and into my grandkids. Dads don't retire. So how do we apply God's truth into our lives? Three steps we need to take. Number one is we need to choose to see speaking purpose, to see naming as something strong about being a father. Because if we don't value something, we won't make time for something. So we have to see the value in this. And this is tricky because maybe your dad, maybe there wasn't a dad, or maybe there was, guys aren't big on words. 
And sometimes there's some things that are unsaid, and you really, like, you, you know them in, from different ways. That can happen. But I don't believe that you're off the hook from speaking, from naming your kids, and naming the people around you, and speaking life into them. This is one of those things that if you, if you didn't learn it from somebody, that if you didn't have a model in this, you've got to figure this one out. See that validation reflects the heart of God. If you believe something is strong, what do you do? You trust it. Did you guys all get a little gift today? A little compass that you definitely don't want to be lost in the woods with? Because if you didn't notice, like it turns with you, like you really don't want to trust it. Did you guys all get one? Okay. That little gift, it's just a token for this message, for the series. It's a compass on a carabiner. Your words provide identity and purpose. That carabiner is a symbol of identity. When you speak life into the people around you, specifically your children, you are giving them something to latch onto. You are giving them identity. You're giving them a bearing. You're giving them a home base. And so just as when you give your kid a name, they take your last name or whatever else, you're saying you are mine and we've all known people who don't have an identity and it's it's horrible to watch them wander from thing to thing to try to find who they are right because they're not working from an anchor so dads when we speak this into our kids and the people around us we are giving them a home base. We're giving them something to, to claim. The compass, what do you use a compass for? To find your way, your direction, your purpose. I believe that dads are designed by God, that men are uniquely crafted by God to speak purpose and direction into people's lives. The person I am today I knew I could get here because different men, mostly my father said, this is, you, you need to do that or you were made for this or you should, you should probably do this. And then especially I had a youth pastor and a senior pastor that would see things in me and then they would give me those assignments that reflected the things that they saw inside of me. They gave me direction. We all know people that have no direction. It usually goes right along with not knowing who you are. Do you think that's a coincidence? It's not. These things go together, and I believe it's something that is a mandate from heaven that we do. Number one, you need to choose to see this as important, and you see it as something strong. Number two, if you see something as strong, you trust it. What do you do if you trust something? You lean on it. You build on it. Embrace God's design. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. When I'm in the car and a song sounds good, what do I do? Turn it up. Guys, you can't do this too much. It's not possible. It's not possible. There's somebody hungry for identity and purpose 
around you. I guarantee it. Speak life up, over, and down. This is similar to uh, what we talked about with the ladies a month ago. Up, over, and down. Guys, you need to have this voice in your life too. You're not designed to go off without it. Now, there are times where generations pass away and maybe, maybe your dad's not alive. Uh, you need to find that voice from somebody else. You're not replacing your dad. No, 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 no. You need that voice. Maybe you never had a dad. God will provide those voices in your life. I spent a good portion of youth ministry doing that. The best stuff I did. Right? And even the kids that had good dads. Oh, is it a problem to have one more guy in your corner? <laughs> no. I, it took a fleet for me. Over. Guys, we're pretty lousy, and we talked about this as brothers. We're pretty lousy about the unsaid. And it is enough to feel somebody, to feel a brother standing by you. But it also doesn't hurt to speak life into your brother's life. And most importantly, what we're celebrating today is you need to speak down. There is a generation around you, even if you do not have your own kids, that can use identity and purpose from a godly man. They are hungry for it. I'd like the worship team to come up as we close today. Maybe just Lauren play for a minute. Really appreciate you guys today. Don't these guys do a great job? Awesome. Just so you know, the worship night is going to be pretty much everybody that plays or does anything on Sunday morning, and they're going to rotate in three sets. So it's going to be just, just awesome next week. Don't miss it. I want to close with another story. This one's in Matthew 3, 13 through 17. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it because he's smart. He knew Jesus. He knew exactly who he was. And he said something like, um, I should be baptized by you. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. Wow. God the Father looking at his boy. You're mine. 
and you're awesome. What's great about this little picture, a lot is great about it. Jesus hasn't taught anybody any great parables or lessons yet. He hasn't done a miracle yet. And he hasn't done his greatest achievement, the masterpiece of dying on the cross, defeating sin and death, and rising again on the third day. He hasn't done any of that. And God is looking at him and he said, this is my son who brings me great joy. You may have a great dad. You may have a lousy dad. You may have something in between. You may have no dad. God knows your wounds and he wants to heal you. God loves you. He will lead you and he will speak life into you if you let him. He wants to answer the call of your deepest longing. God sees you and he sees something strong. Can we bow our heads to pray this morning? It's a big word. This is, this is something that can uncover maybe some pain this morning. And I, I, I definitely don't mean to, to cause you grief or to bring up painful memories. That's not my intention. But if there's a wound that is holding you back, if there is something broken inside your soul, if there is something unsettled, unsaid, unanswered, if the question hasn't been answered for you, or it was answered in a way that hurts you, God wants to rename you. He didn't design you to be a Benoni. He designed you to be a Benjamin. He loves you. He chose you. He created you with purpose. He designed you with the touch of a master. Why would an artist put his signature on what he makes? Because he's proud of it and he wants the world to know who made it. I made you and you're mine. God wants to do some work in hearts today. If you want a touch from God this morning, just slip your hand up with your, where you're at. I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not here to cause you grief, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to touch your heart this morning. I see those hands. I see those hands. He loves you. He loves you. The human beings in our life are far from perfect. And some of them can be quite destructive. God the Father is not that way. Father God, I lift up my brothers and sisters in this room who have a wound or an unanswered question. 
nobody's told them they're enough. Or maybe they've been told they'll never be enough. I don't know, God, you do. Father God, I thank you that you would touch their hearts this morning. Father God, I speak purpose. I speak life. I speak love. I speak identity. Grounding and truth and peace. And Father, we wage war against insecurity today. And we latch on to you. We thank you for our identity and we thank you that you have purpose for us. If you've never trusted Jesus with your heart, if you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins, of your past, we're all a mess without him. If today's your day to accept Jesus as your savior, you're choosing to follow him and be his. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. How about across this room? Are you ready to speak life up, over, and down? Are you ready to be a voice of purpose and identity to the people that God has placed in your path? Can we say yes to that this morning as a church? Can we be a place that would foster that in people where people would begin to feel like they belong? To God the Father, they would, they would begin to see purpose for their lives. Could we be instruments of that? Father God, I thank you that you would use us, that you would use your church, you would use us, God, to speak into others. Amen. Let's stand and close with worship this morning.